0: Hello, my loves. Welcome to another episode of the With Love from Liv show. My name is Liv and I love that you're here. Thank you so much for joining me today. For today's show, I wanted to talk about a quote that I came across recently that I'm just loving. I put it on my social media. So you may have seen it if you follow me, but. Um, it is by Kaylin Dion and it says, encouraging someone to be entirely themselves is the loudest way to love them. Oh my gosh. So tender, right? And <laughs> so cute. I love it. And today I just kind of want to talk about a little bit of the nuance that I will that I want to create because online, as society does. Um, we have extremes and usually everything is on one extreme or the other. And so when I hear people talking about self-growth and love and like all of this stuff, there's kind of this either or where either you love me as I am. You take me as I am. I am a queen. I know my worth. If you don't see that, you don't deserve me. Or there is the I will love you if you will change in the ways that I think you should change. And neither of these are actually love, right? Neither of these principles are true of what love is, and love is both acceptance and change. Um one principle of love and of healthy relationships that is not talked about very much is that love is conditional, right? There there are different, obviously, types of love. And, and yes, like the Lord loves you unconditionally. Your parents love you unconditionally. But there actually do have to be conditions with your partner. And today, I want to talk about what those are, okay? Because I don't want you to get that twisted and say like, oh, I'm only going to love you if you know, you do what I want you to do, right? That's this extreme. That's not what love is. Um, But I also see people in this space of, well, you know, this is just how I am. And if you don't like me how I am, then you just don't like me. And that's super unhealthy, guys. Like, (laughs) We we need to create a middle ground here. So love and especially romantic love, especially a love that you're building with someone forever. Um, there have to be conditions for both of you. Because if there aren't conditions, and and it's not like like I I only love you conditionally, but it's like I can only be in this relationship conditionally. Okay, I want to make that distinction. And without conditions, without stipulations around how you can both best operate and feel loved and create a productive and beautiful lasting relationship, then the relationship won't last, right? Um, I see relationships fall apart all the time. Because there is this expectation of, you know, um, I will love you unconditionally forever, no matter what. And that sounds really nice. Like, honestly, it does. I will love you forever, no matter what. Sounds so romantic. And that is often the catalyst for breakups because you can't love somebody no matter what. And it's not right. For someone to expect that from you. It's not right for you to expect that from someone else. And I hope that this episode here just kind of creates a little bit of space for the humanity of relationships, um, but also the function of making them last, right? Because when I think about getting married when I, I mean, obviously I'm already married, but, but when I think about my marriage lasting forever, then the number one thing that comes up when I think about that is, do I want this forever? Right. And so, um, in kind of the, the wake of self-love and healing and like all of that, we have lost the obligation for expansion. We have lost the um, the expectation in relationships, not necessarily your expectation for your partner, but the expectation for the relationship to grow and develop and change over time. Because if your relationship isn't doing that, it is stagnant and a stagnant relationship dies, okay? So I share all of this because I want you to be able to build the best relationship that you can imagine. I want you to have a marriage that you're excited about it lasting forever because I do know of people right now who either are divorced or are unhappy in their relationships, and they're kind of in this space where they're like, you know what? Like, I got married in the temple, but I'm not sure this is what I want for eternity. Like, this doesn't sound great to me. So maybe I'm not really into church anymore, right? And I think that that everybody's obviously on their own journey, but I think that a lot of people leaving what we're seeing right now is tied back into a, a lack of understanding of healthy relationships and how to build them, especially within the church right, Which is crazy because our our whole foundation of the gospel is centered on families. And so you would think that this is something that is more inherent or is taught much better. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying that that's anyone's fault. I'm not here to blame anyone or call anybody out. I'm just saying that this is the reality of what I see and I hope to, provide some help. Okay. So, um, when you're in a relationship with someone, they will change. You will change. You're supposed to change. And so when you're in a relationship with someone, if you're kind of over here on this extreme of like, love me how I am and don't ask me to change. Don't ask me to be different. Um, take me or leave me. This is just who I am. Then what that tells me, if you're in that space is that personal development and growth is threatening to you. And usually if the idea of growth or the idea of change is eliciting that kind of reaction, then that says, okay, growth, change, whatever, is self-abandonment. And I can't do that. I have to stay exactly as I am because it's only safe exactly as I am. And so what happens is you then project that onto other people. And you say, the only way that I am safe with you is if you don't ever demand that I change. If you don't ever um, ask more from me, you only can love me right here, right now, as I am forever. And um not only is that unfair to ask of your partner um but that's that's not great for you okay we're not here to stay as we are we're here to change we're here to grow and develop and and when i say change i don't mean like becoming a completely different person when i say change i mean letting go of what you're not to become more of what you are okay Anytime that I say the word change, think of it as expand. Okay. Maybe that's a better word. Maybe that's what I'll use from now on. Um, Because there are things that you do that are not healthy. I don't care who you are. I don't care if I've ever met you, if we've ever had a conversation. If you're listening to this, there are things that you do that are unhealthy, period. And there always will be because you are an imperfect human. And guess what? It's okay to be imperfect. It is okay to make mistakes. It is okay that you have some toxic traits. That's like I feel like the whole healthy like healing movement has created and and worsened perfectionist culture <laughs> and it's crazy to me because people will be so afraid of living life and being themselves and like building a, a relationship with someone because they're they're not all the way healed, or you know, in their healing, they can now no longer tolerate someone who has imperfections. And that's nuts. Okay. <laughs> like you are created to learn, you are created to grow, you are created to expand. And so if you're in a relationship and you cannot make mistakes with your partner or your partner cannot make mistakes with you, then that is an unhealthy connection. And if there's no space for you to have, you know, your your traits that, yeah, you can work on and some traits you can work on your whole life. It's okay. It is totally okay if it takes you a lifetime to get over some things. Um, or to work through some things, or to accept some things, or whatever. Like, there's this race, it feels like, to be healed right now, forever, and you never make a mistake again, and then you can have the relationship that you want, and, and, like, guys, that's not it, okay? Healing is not about perfection. Healing is not, I, I healed this, you know, tendency to, um, not communicate. Okay. And so from now on, if someone ever doesn't communicate properly with me, then I cut them off because that's my boundary. Okay. I see that a lot. Um, and that is antithetical to healing because if you're really healed, if you've really healed your communication problem, you know, whatever, then that actually, would give you more grace and understanding for other people who haven't overcome that or haven't developed or dealt with that okay and that isn't to say that if if you you know used to get into abusive relationships that if you're healed you should be tolerant of abusive relationships okay that's not what i'm saying at all i am saying that What you have, quote unquote, healed doesn't mean, number one, that you're going to be perfect at it. And that that true nature of healing is that now you have compassion for that in other people that you can navigate in a healthy way. Right. So, yeah, if, if communicating and being vulnerable, okay, let's use that. Being vulnerable is something that you have not been able to do. It is something that you have run away from. You've been avoidant. You just can't do it. You can't open up, right? And then maybe you work with an amazing coach such as myself or anyone else, and you start to gain some acceptance for yourself. You start to build that visibility muscle, um, that vulnerable muscle, and you start to practice it with other people. Um, and then you meet someone who can't be vulnerable with you. Right. I feel like online and and listen, if I'm like way off base here and you don't drive with this at all, tell me because maybe this is just my projection or perception. But I feel like there's this kind of demand of like, well, I have healed myself so I can be vulnerable. So if you can't be vulnerable, I don't have time for you. And it's like, whoa, wait, (laughs) but what if this person also wants to work through that? What if this person also wants to learn how to be more vulnerable? And now if you have a skill set of being able to do that and you can be patient with this person, then that could change their whole life. That could open them up to vulnerability right? And obviously I'm not saying that it's your job to fix or change people. It's not your job though. If you're truly on this healing journey and you want to be in a healthy connected relationship is to be able to hold space for your own and other people's imperfections and navigate it in a healthy way that expands you both. Right? Um, so Full well, transparency. Communicating feelings is honestly not my forte. Even now, even as a coach, even as a wife, it is still not my forte. It is not my strong suit. Okay, and I mean, I could go into why that is, and I I, I won't because I don't think it is necessary in this conversation. Um, but the reality is. That is still something that I struggle with. You know, when when I'm in a space of being really reactive, then my go-to is still shut down, don't say anything, don't show any emotions because nobody likes you when you show your emotions, right? That is not a healthy process. And I'm aware of that, okay? And my husband is really, really, really good at talking through emotions, and so yeah, like it's been a learning curve for us to get to a place where we can we can be in kind of that that reactive state, um, and I can know that I'm shutting down, and I know okay, I don't want to talk, I don't want to show emotions, I don't want to connect, I can't be vulnerable because I've done this work and because I'm aware of my patterns. So then I can observe that and I can tell my husband, Hey, I just, I can't talk about this right now. Like I'm, I'm really, really upset. I just, I need to talk about this later, or I just, I can't talk right now. And that's so much better for us than if I don't say anything, but also like, I'm really grateful that my husband isn't like, hey, like I figured this out. And so if you can't figure it out, I'm out of here, right? That doesn't leave any space for me to be imperfect. It doesn't leave any space for either of us to be imperfect. And it seems like that's what the, the healing culture is trying to eradicate is people's imperfections. And I'm not here for that. I don't think that that is conducive to building healthy relationships because yeah, like, like at the same time, right. At the same time that I can acknowledge and I can say, okay, being vulnerable and sharing my emotions in the heat of the moment is not my strong suit. And I'm aware of that. And I'm imperfect at it. And my husband will still tell me, listen, like, I need you to say something. Right. In moments where where I'm really, really caught up um, and I haven't quite processed and I haven't said anything, he will tell me, listen, like you can't just shut down. You have to say something. And and even if it's just, hey, I need a minute. Right. And I'm really, really grateful for that because that's him telling me, hey, listen, I love you and there's work here for us to improve our connection and i'm going to i'm going to be here for you while you work on getting there right so love has to be both i love you i see you as you are and we're both going to do better we're both going to work on things and we're both going to hold each other accountable and we're both going to make sure that our relationship is good and it's healthy and it's strong. And the only way that your relationship can be all of that is if you both hold acceptance for all that you are and create space for growth and create space to make mistakes and create space to get it wrong and try again. Cause that's, that's where intimacy lives. I know that I've Done an episode on this. So if you missed it, go back and find my episode about intimacy because intimacy isn't sex, right? Sex is part of intimacy, but intimacy isn't sex. Intimacy is repair. True intimacy is trust, right? And you can't repair and you can't build trust if there are never moments where. Both of you get to be imperfect and get to witness each other and love each other through that, right? Is that making sense? Okay, that is where I'm going to leave things today. Um, I hope that with this episode and and having this conversation, you can see if you're you're kind of caught in that, you know, take me or leave me as I am or well, I have to change if I want someone to love me. There's space there in the middle, right? And it it can't be one or the other. It actually has to be both. Um, It has to be, I love me as I am and I expect myself to change. I expect myself to do better. I expect myself to grow. Um, That was a quote in general conference a few years ago. Um, And I think... Elder Holland said it, but I could be wrong. So look it up. But the quote is, come as you are, but don't stay as you are, right? We we talk about that as the purpose of the church. Um, That also is how to build a healthy relationship, to come as you are, to accept yourself as you are, and don't stay where you are grow, learn, expand. Okay. And it's, it's not your partner's responsibility to demand that you change. Okay. I don't want to communicate that, but it is your, your partner's right in the relationship to expect growth overall from both of you. It is your partner's prerogative to anticipate that you will continue to work on yourself as you are becoming more of who you are. And that as you both do that, and it's, you know, it's not one sided. It's not one of you needs to do it. And the other one doesn't both of you will have things to work on forever. Um, I don't want you to be afraid of making mistakes. Mistakes are how we learn mistakes are how we grow up. Um, Mistakes make relationship fun. And it, you know, sometimes it doesn't, but but in a lot of cases, if your relationship can be a safe space for you to make mistakes and then correct them, you have a great relationship. That is one that will last through eternity. Okay. So that's what we strive for. Come as we are, but don't stay as we are. Right. I love you. I hope that helps. I'll talk to you soon.